Off Assignment presents... The Long Commute, From Ancient Scrolls to Modern Screens, by Benjamin Harnett, read by Kate Essig. I still get the paper delivered on the weekends at our new house in Beacon. If I'm up early enough, I can hear it hit the porch. Sometimes it doesn't quite clear the fence and bounces to the curb. When it does, I wait to get it, unprepared so early for the enthusiasm of our dog dashing out and tripping up my feet for the loud squeak of the gate, for the neighbor silently judging my morning outfit, a clash of plaids. It's okay. I've already read most of the articles I'm interested in, either yesterday on the train on the long commute home beside the Hudson, or in bed, in the glow of my phone inches from my face, scrolling with my thumb. Still, the physical paper is good for starting fires and to scrub the windows to a brilliant shine. In ten years, I've gone from penciling answers for the crossword into gray newsprint to plunking the letters onto digital squares without the sense of loss I might have imagined. I carry a couple of so-called paper books in my bag, but an iPad too, with a hundred others for my different moods. No one has to fold their newspaper on the subway the way my mother taught me at breakfast one morning. The newspaper has folded itself into our screens. I have seen the digital revolution from the other side too, since my day job as a digital engineer for a newspaper is to see the bits keep flowing. But it has not been a change without anxiety. For the longest time, a newspaper was a newspaper. Sure, they shrank over time in every direction. Ads found their way to the front, sections joined together or spawned anew, color splashed its way through the pages. But for every innovation, it was the same stuff. A day or week of news compressed into cheap paper grabbed from a stand or a vending box outside the coffee shop, or dropped like a cut of meat fresh on your front step. What was a day's news is become an hour's. There's less money, more pressure. It feels inevitable and mysterious at once, like a sudden change of weather. People were predicting it, but it's not the same as the drop in the light and the cold on your skin. Just before Christmas, the year after the 2012 election, at work, everyone is talking about the internal innovation report in progress, which we know will have a somewhat critical take on how we're handling the digital transition. Outside of work, I am engaged in a project of my own. It began while I was closing out a long-neglected master's degree in classics. In the midst of a universal preoccupation with the future, I retreat, off assignment, into the distant past. Once or twice a week that autumn, after work, as the sun sank over the river with a crimson majesty, I had been popping into the subway and, instead of pushing directly through the turnstiles there, turning right, then right again, to follow the long tunnel to Times Square, then wedging myself onto the two, three, or one trains, the same red as our office walls, emerging at last from the underworld, to 116th Street and the Columbia University gates. Ensconced in the first few centuries of our era, I read poems by Marshall, the letters of Pliny the Younger, the scene of Augustine's conversion, extracts of the Juris Paulus and Ulpian, and a meditation on loss by the famous Greek physician Galen. I read commentaries on these, scholarly essays, monographs, and books. A mystery tying everything together has me up late at night at my desk, our tiny dining table in our galley kitchen in our last apartment on the third story of a brownstone in Brooklyn, tapping into my skills as an engineer on a hunt for data. 
The only light is a cool blue from my laptop screen, and I am tabbing back and forth between two windows comparing entries in a database to search results on a page. I have been devoting an hour or so to this part-hypnotic, part-maddening task each evening after dinner, after work, for the past week. The database entries are blurring together. 4,757 records of ancient books from a website with a dark red header, a pale body, some color-coded stats, and an advanced search into which I have entered provenance, Egypt, language, script, Greek, book form, role, or codex. For some reason, my numbers aren't adding up. I waste hours before realizing my mistake. A book's form isn't easily known. These are the records of fragments, bits of antiquity recovered after being blown apart by the disaster of time. I've held some of these fragments, in their protective cases, 2,000 or more years old, yellowed, brittle, papyrus fibers torn at the edges. The original papyrus was supple, strong, and pale, taking Greek characters and dark ink in careful hands. The expense of a book was its scribing. The roll, or volumen in Latin, was the book, hence a volume, and it was that way for millennia, a scroll with writing on one side, held in two hands, unrolled one page at a time, until the advent of our book, the more capacious codex, which took its name from wooden writing tablets the Roman used, of pages you can flip through, bound on the side. It is a revolution, possibly, as momentous as our digital one. It helped preserve millennia of ancient learning. Codex books held more, and came with their own protective covers, and facilitated a culture of reading and commentary. Imagine a world without page numbers, bookmarks, indexes, marginalia. It comes to us from the past with no comment, just a scatter of evidence, mute and mysterious. I had an aha moment on the train one day. I am standing in rush hour traffic and have a PDF up on my iPad, my arms pretzled up. It is an old agricultural journal article, a graph, two goosenecked curves hand-drawn, one solid, the other dotted. It is a sketch of the adoption of a hybrid seed corn by farmers in two Iowa towns. These S-shaped curves have appeared again and again since that paper as the common form for technological adoption, from corn seeds to mobile phones. Initially, only a slow trickle of innovators and early adopters take up the innovation until a critical mass is reached which spurs a rapid rise of adoption, the long neck of the curve, until it tapers off at the top of the S as the holdouts fall to it more slowly, one by one. I was a holdout against reading on a tablet until one day, on the train again, I saw a young woman with a large tablet with a textbook page. It was crisp, bright, and with a single gliding motion with her finger across the screen, she made a yellow highlight over a passage, then another. I never highlighted or made notes in my books, never dog-eared the pages. It was good manners, I guess. I always had library books. The tablet freed me to carry many more books, to annotate and dog-ear, to search through, to skip back and forth. This personal reading revolution mirrored something of what the advent of the Codex did. The historian is like Merlin, living backwards from the future, knowing what the world is, but having to infer why. As we peer into the past, the view grows less distinct, until it vanishes in a fog. Of course, it's just the same in other directions, only we've grown used to it. The graph has given me an idea, though.
I thought we might see deeper into the past by connecting the dots of our fragmentary evidence. So now I was, night after night counting, on a computer screen, digital markers of the bits of codices, or rolls, that have been described and published of the ancient books that remain. I took the paleographer's dates, some relatively solid, some estimates, and wrote code to plot their likely origin, using the date ranges as bounds of probability and running 10,000 simulations. And by seeing the shape of the change to try to clear away the mystery, which runs through the scholarship, a vein of glittering anxiety. My program is spitting out date after date as it runs, plotting relative counts on a graph as points. A faint red line joins them, each simulation scribing a best-fit line. The average curve takes shapes. It builds darker and darker until a solid line shows unmistakable, an elongated, tilted, goose-necked S. It is a picture of the diffusion of the codex.